hello, and welcome to Blush You, the podcast where you tell us your juiciest stories and we get to dish on them. My name is Callie Rogers. I never say my last name, and I feel like I need to do that because it's more professional. And I'm here with Miss Elise Dean. Hello. It feels weird saying our last name. I know it's apparently a thing where like men always say their last name and women don't. And it's supposed, I don't, I don't know. So I've been told like, you should introduce yourself as like first name, last name. And I'm like, yeah, but that's boring. Yeah. I like a little mystery. I've, I like, I'm like really intrigued by people who are a little bit mysterious because I'm just not mysterious at all. You know, I don't think I'm mysterious either. I think you're like a little bit mysterious. Not really. That was my email. Sorry, everybody. I'm turning my emails off. It's the morning time. Yes, we've had quite a day. Um, and I've got a pickleball lesson. Yep, that's all right. I'm getting lessons now. I have reached <laughs> a new level of, of obsession in an hour. So we are going to get through this so that I can improve in pickleball and impress absolutely nobody. <laughs> I love it. Okay. There's nobody I'm doing this for. Just um, so what are we talking about today, Callie? Oh yeah. So we're talking about honestly, a really randomly common talk topic, but basically, I mean, let's boil it down family dynamics and yeah. life milestones. That's what we're talking about today and how those two intersect and how to bring them together without wanting to absolutely die yeah. on the inside. So that's what we're discussing. Elise, do you have a sparkle? I do have a sparkle. It's very exciting. Um, I am on, um, I like was told that I don't have any hobbies. So I got a hobby, which is being on the board for the Miss Colleyville pageant. And it was very exciting because Miss Colleyville of this year, um, won Miss Texas. And so now she's going to Miss America, which I get to go with her, which is so fucking cool. Um, but she has a really, her name's Mallory Fuller. She's like such a beautiful human being. She's so, so sweet. They, all these women have accomplished so much at such a young age. Like I was literally in the audience, like, damn, I feel like shit about myself. <laughs> like I haven't accomplished any of these things. They're like CEOs. They've written books. I'm like so impressed, but she, um, her platform is suicide prevention. And she works a lot with like younger kids and elementary schools and middle schools all across Texas. And so she asked me after finding out that I had a master's in counseling and, um, like background with play therapy, if I would help her like co-author this children's book about, um, she had like, she wrote the first book, which was Henry's happy heart. And then the second book was about Henry going to a therapist and she wanted to have some help of like what that actually what the process actually looks like so I got to help her create this book and it's so exciting I literally got it in the mail from Amazon which I'm kind of pissed because the printing is all off like they like really messed up so I don't know what we're gonna do about that so that's not my sparkle but my sparkle is that I have my name on a book which is cool that's very cool and what are you talking about? You're very accomplished writing books and being CEO. I mean, whatever. It means different things to different people, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. I think it's, it was just like when you're in the room and you're yeah. talking to all these girls who are like, whose job it is to make themselves appear the best and brightest because they're in a competition. Actually, yeah. That's actually a good point, which you get lot that gets lost in translation when you're in there and you're like sitting there and you're just like, wow, shit, this girl can speak 12 languages. And she's also plays the piano does sand art and is 
like a violinist or something. See, this is my skeptical thing coming out again. Uh, I was playing the game. Everyone is a, um, a combination of two friends characters. We've played this game. Everyone is a combination of two friends characters. That's the game. And so it's, who are you? And I I know I'm Rachel, but I can't, I, for the life of me, I was like, am I Phoebe? I don't think I'm Phoebe. Am I Joey? Definitely not Joey. Am I Ross? I don't think I'm Ross. And so finally we realized I'm Chandler because he's so skeptical and he doesn't believe in anything. And I was like, that's me. So of course I'd be sitting there and be like, all right, what's your fluency in every language? Like, really? Can you like to have a full on conversation with me right now in Japanese? Do it. I dare you. I love it. I need to be <laughs> so skeptical. I need to be more skeptical, honestly, which don't get me wrong. I think it's amazing that women are up there tooting their own horns. And that's actually kind of what my sparkle is. So I'm, I am pro say, yeah, girl, if you can like, you know, if it's Spanglish, like you got it, that's <laughs> close enough, do it. But I don't like it when people weaponize that in order to make them feel bad about themselves. Yeah. It's like, okay, let's dial that down. Like she's allowed to be like, yeah, I'm a rock star, but you are not allowed to be like, I'm not a rock star. That's true. I like that. Okay. I'm a rock star too, everybody. You are a rock star. Uh, okay. So happy red Taylor's version week Mm. to all who celebrate what great timing as we are heading into the season of gratitude, because let me just say, I am so grateful that one, I am on the earth right now while she is also on the earth. (laughs) Very neat. And two, I'm so grateful that I like when red came out the first album, the original, I was in my early twenties and now I get to like experience it again in my early thirties. And Look, I have gone back and forth about like loving Taylor Swift. I never hated her, but I would do the whole like, mm, like, yeah, she's just like, there's something about her. She's off. Like, I don't know if I really like her. She's just shady or catty or like, Ugh. and what I'm realizing now, and I think what a lot of people re- are realizing, which is why I'm so grateful we get to experience this album again, is that was just internalized misogyny. Because what Taylor Swift represents is everything that society says women shouldn't be. Mm. She is one incredibly successful and not even successful. She's fucking dominating. Like she is dominating. And of course, women aren't supposed to do that. Uh, we're not supposed to cope with our emotions. Well, instead we are crazy, you know, and like being awful and And it's like, when men write songs about women, we're called muses. But when women write songs about men, we're called like catty, crazy people. Mm. So, and I just feel like her being so honest and her putting kind of her personal life out there and just being authentic. We just took that. And, and again, use the worst parts about so-called being a woman and like put that on her and was like, this is, I don't know. I just feel like she was the target of so much misogyny and internalized misogyny. Like she gets it from women. I was talking to someone the other day and they were like, yeah, like, I just feel like something's wrong with, like, I still don't like her. And I was like, oh my God, we're past this. Like, give it up. We've already decided that that's bullshit. Like if you don't like Taylor Swift's music, like maybe I understand, but like, I don't understand. I mean, she has country, she has pop. I'm pretty sure she rapped on the reputation album. Then she has folk music. Like what's wrong with you? You just don't like music. I think you just don't like music if you can't find anything that you don't like with her. Like life is too short to not love Taylor Swift. So I am, I'm just feeling all the gratitude that we get to re-experience this with a 10 year fresh perspective, Mm. because even 10 years ago, Monica Lewinsky was still kind of considered a villain, which is just fucking bananas. I was 
I've just watched um, American Crime Story Impeachment and listened to the podcast Slow Burn and Monica Lewinsky is my new favorite person. But like, it's so interesting, I guess what I'm saying is to re-experience something that came out 10 years ago and see not only your personal shift, but society's personal shift. Because at least from my vantage point, which maybe I'm biased, probably, everyone is like worshiping the ground she walks on and is finally giving her the unrestrained do that she deserves and not doing the whole, I don't like Taylor Swift, she's not that talented. It's like, fuck you, she's extremely talented. Yeah. Did you watch her documentary? Oh my God. Miss Americana. Of course. I, I, I mean, remember I, during the reputation phase, she kind of lost me. I was like, me girl, too. You, you angry, but you know what? Looking back, she had a right to be angry. Yeah. And, and like, it's just not my, it's not my favorite album, but that doesn't mean it's not also incredible. Mm-hmm. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? But yeah, yeah I'm so I like love her. And I, it's like a red flag for me when people say they don't like her. I'm like, oh, you have issues you need to work on. You need a therapist. You need to to work on internalized misogyny, or you need to work on being a misogynist because like, who doesn't like Taylor Swift? Give me any good reason. We need to like, have that as like a life coaching topic, like (laughs) breakups, health, you don't like Taylor Swift. It is. It is a huge red flag for me. I'm serious. I hear people say that. I'm like, Ooh, you, there's something wrong with you. <laughs> like you've got shit you really need to work on because yeah. Taylor Swift represents so many things that we've been primed to hate. We have well, been brainwashed to hate it by society. And they say, you know, if someone, if something about someone really fucking irritates you, that is a true signal about something about yourself. Totally. Exactly. And that's what it is. It's like the best litmus test to be like, mm. do you hate yourself? Mm. You just ask, do you like Taylor Swift? <laughs> and then it's like, oh, you don't like yourself. Queso agrees. He's screaming in the background. He's like, yeah, you yeah. love Taylor Swift in this household. I mean, Andrew loves Taylor Swift probably more than I do. And he has never wavered from his love for Taylor, oh. which makes me so proud of him. Even during reputation days, he was like, shut up. She's amazing. I love that so much. <laughs> I know. We have been listening to it nonstop. We have celebrated her last weekend was Taylor's weekend. This weekend is now going into gratitude phase of being thankful for her. So we are, we're living guys. It's been I'm fun. here for it. I'm here yeah. for it. Should we get to our story for today? Cause I'm, I'm so excited. Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. <clears throat> Dear blush. I am terrified of getting engaged. Don't get me wrong. I love my boyfriend. We've been together for three years. We get along beautifully and I know he's the right one for me. I want a wedding too. I'm not the person who has been dreaming of her wedding since she was a little girl, but I'm definitely excited about throwing an event with all of our family and friends to celebrate us tying the knot. The problem is my family. My parents got divorced 10 years ago when I was 17. While they tried to play it off that it was amicable while I was still living in the house with my younger sister, it became apparent that the divorce was anything but. They're both dating other people now. My dad met someone much younger, and that's an entirely different story. And my mom is dating someone new as well. Both seem happy in their separate lives, but they can't seem to get past the hurt they caused each other so long ago. Plus, they both have incredibly strong opinions of how my wedding should be, like having it in a church with a reception at the country club after. But because they both want to pay for it, I'm expected to fall in line. In a perfect world, they would both attend my wedding with significant others at a venue of my choosing and not cause a scene. 
I'm just not so sure I can count on that. Meanwhile, I'm not that close with my extended family for various reasons. Most of them are extremely ignorant and believe in conspiracy theories and such, oh good, and can't discuss everything that isn't triggering in nature. They also tend to drink too much, and I'm concerned they're going to make a speech and embarrass the hell out of me. They've been known to do that at other family occasions. Not inviting them is out of the question. It would cause World War III and invite even more drama on top of the obvious. As for my boyfriend's family, he's already estranged from one entire side of his family, and the other side is normal for the most part. I'm not too worried about the side he's close with. My family is the problem. I'm stuck between not wanting to let my family ruin my perfect idea of a wedding, but I also don't want to set myself up for failure. So I'm just stuck here telling my boyfriend I'm not ready to get engaged because I have no idea how I'm going to navigate any of this. But in reality, I want to get married. I'm tired of waiting when I know starting our lives together is the end result. So what should I do? How do I figure this out? I already know the wedding planning is incredibly stressful, so I can't imagine doing that without my family dynamics. Do you two have any tips on how to get the wedding I want without all the drama and chaos from hesitant bride? Ooh, yeah, this is common. Have you had this come up in any of your blush sessions? Um, maybe it's only common for my clients. I feel like it's more so common. I don't think necessarily with my clients, but I definitely think like I am aware of it through like people that I know for oh, sure. Oh, so your network, not just. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. I'm the opposite. I mean, Isn't that so- interesting? My network's been fine. It's my clients that are like, no. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I think that it's a lot of things, a lot of layers here, but I think that it sounds like she's just really worried about how to navigate both sides of her family and try to, it, it, it sounds like the focus is maybe trying to, you know, you have to like decide what's going to be best for you and what you want, but she's also trying to balance out like the other extensions of that, which are her family or which is her family. You know, I think there's, I, th- I think we can boil it down to be even simpler than that. I think she says something about like the perfect wedding. Let me see here. Whatever I lost, it doesn't matter, but she says perfect at some point. Perfect world in a perfect, perfect world. In a perfect world. Yeah. So I, I, I this, this letter just screams to me, like I have a static idea of what mm-hmm. my wedding is going to be. And my family is the reason I'm not going to get it. And let me tell you right now, they're not the reason you're not going to get it. The reason you're not going to get it is because it doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can plan things out to a T. I don't know. I would call my wedding perfect, but if I actually look back on it, it was a shit show. I mean, it rained. Like we were having an outdoor ceremony and everything was planned for outside. And I did not want to give that up. And then the best man, Keshav, came over and was like, girl, you got to give it up. And then helped me like plan an indoor thing. But like, I still got married outside. And five minutes after it was like, I do, I do. Okay, yay. It like poured. So, <laughs> I mean, the, and that's just one thing. I mean, my it was also a shit show because I knew this going into it that it wasn't going to be perfect. And I was like, I'm really not going to spin my wheels out trying to make every detail perfect when like, I'm either A, not going to remember them or B, someone's going to mess it up. Yeah. So. But I mean, the point is is that your wedding's not going to be perfect for a million reasons. Your family is just separate. And I think the problem is, is you have a big issue with not being able to trust your family members. And that's a problem during your wedding, after your wedding, before your wedding. Like that's just a problem, period. 
Well, it's kind of like, I mean, I feel like this is coming up a lot, but like, because the holidays, right. It's like every family is a system. And when you have the whole system together, dynamics are at play, toxic conflict and communication patterns are at play. And it's just can be really overwhelming. Now you're incorporating that, but into a day of your life that has so much pressure around it. Right. Cause I mean, she said she wasn't one of those people who dreamed about her, you know, it since she was a little girl, but I definitely think that that's one of those life milestones that you are aware of only gets to be done one time. I mean, it can be done multiple times, but for the most part, you would hope if you're getting married, that that's the last time you're going to get married. So it feels like there's extra pressure there. Yeah. I mean, but I'm not buying this. whole. I mean, look, letter writer hesitant, right? I'm not calling you a liar, but just because you haven't been dreaming of your wedding since you were a little girl, doesn't mean that you have a locked and loaded vision of what it should be. And clearly you've got some of it because getting married in a church and what was it? A church in a country club is like, yeah. not for you. So you obviously have specific ideas. Um, yeah. first thing that I'll tell you is you can either let go of what you want for your wedding and understand that if you're going to appease everyone, then your wedding's not going to be about you, which by the way, I mean, I, I don't really hate that. A lot of times the weddings aren't really for the bride and the groom. They are for the family and friends. Um, and so, and some people are totally cool with that and that's what they want to do and, and great. And they, so they do the traditional, whatever mom wants and that's how it goes. Uh, if you don't want that, and you want it to be about you and your boyfriend, maybe soon to be fiance. Uh, I just wouldn't take any money and then figure mm. out what you want to do yourself. And that sucks because weddings can be expensive. Wedding planners and venues and vendors hear wedding and the markup goes up 10, like 10 X. Yeah. I mean, it's very expensive whenever people hear weddings. So I get wanting financial support in order to have a wedding that you want. I'm not trying to say that you don't deserve the wedding of your dreams. I'm just asking you to reconsider how stringent those dreams are, because there are probably so many ways you could become happy getting married. I also feel like it's like, she's putting off taking that next really exciting step in a relationship with a person that she really loves just because of like trivial family shit, you know, like, I don't think that this, you moving forward with an engagement and planning a wedding has anything to do with her relationship, you know? So it's almost like she's, she's putting up blockers in her relationship when it's not even about the relationship. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. 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 I mean, I get that. I mean, on a personal note, I was, my parents are divorced. And when you are a child of divorce, you do have these hesitations. I did. And my parents were nice to each other. It's not like my, my parents didn't have a messy, angry, bitter, horrible divorce. I mean, they're still friends. Like they, my, one of them got their feelings hurt that the other one hadn't called them in a little bit. <laughs> okay guys like just call each other man you losers um so like, like they're really cute and they're really sweet but you know my dad is remarried and that whole situation is great like I I really do like his wife who I guess is my stepmom which is so funny because it happened like when I was older so I don't really think of it that way but mm -hmm. I guess that is the case um but you know obviously there's going to be a little bit of awkwardness and kind of whatever when someone gets remarried. And I was really concerned about it because I can sense it when people feel awkward and when people feel upset and when people don't feel included. And I was like, I don't want any of that at my wedding mm -hmm. because I don't want to be distracted. And so 
I was very communicative about that. And I wouldn't, I won't say I held my engagement hostage, but it wasn't not that. (laughs) (laughs) So I was like, everyone needs to get on the same page here. Otherwise, like I ain't doing this. Uh, And obviously I wanted to get engaged and I wanted to get married, but it was really important to me that everyone get their shit together beforehand. So I don't know. I I don't really want to use this advice for hesitant bride because this divorce was not the same. No divorce is the same. No family dynamics are the same. Uh, But, you know, a compromise would be not including significant others and forcing your parents to show up solo. And hopefully that will calm some nerves. I don't know if that will help. Uh, You know, there, I mean, there are so many options that we could throw out here. You guys should go elope and then have a party afterwards. And so at the party, who cares if someone makes a scene, you guys are already married. You already have the pictures. You already have the moments. It was just the two of you adorable, but you can still celebrate with everyone afterwards. Or you can do what I did, which I had a destination wedding on the most inconvenient weekend of the whole year (laughs) in order so much. In order to avoid shit like this, I didn't want a bunch of people who I didn't like. And there was someone I'm not going to name drop that called Obama a socialist during my brother's rehearsal dinner. Mm-hmm. Did you, that is, that is a true story. And I was like, Mm-mm. immediately. No, <laughs> immediately. No, <laughs> immediately. No, I will riot. Um, I had a a lot of interesting friend and family dynamics leading into my wedding that I also had no tolerance for. And so my solution was I'm going to make it as inconvenient as possible for y'all to attend. And the people who really wanted to come, they didn't blink an eye. They were like, yeah, I know it's the weekend after Thanksgiving and I just ate an entire turkey and, you know, mashed potatoes and mac and cheese and green beans and all of the food. But yeah, let me put a bikini on and go watch you get married the weekend after. Sounds great. I love that. (laughs) I'm also pale (laughs) and uh, can't wait. See you there, Callie. Like that is what ended up happening because I can't totally relate to this, but that was my solution. If you're not willing to toy around with what would make you happy. Cause there are more, there's more than one option. This is going to be really tough for you. Did I dream of having a destination wedding? Even when Andrew and I met, like, no, I was never like, Andrew doesn't like the beach. Like let that sink in. Like he Stop. hates, he hates sand. He calls it, uh, he calls it water dirt. <laughs> Like when we were going through a tire and stuff, he was like, can I wear shoes? I was like, no, it's like on the beach. You're like, don't wear shoes on the beach. He was like, okay, but I'm going to wear shoes and I'm going to wear a tux. And I was like, you're going to, you're going to, so you're just going to be in a full wedding get up just <laughs> on the beach. And he was like, yeah, I was like, well, okay. And that's what they did. They all wore shoes. Cause they were like, no. And they literally wore tuxes. Like it's like half the wedding was like dressed for a beach thing. And half was like, also immediately. Oh my God. That's so good. (laughs) But so like, clearly this isn't like our personality type. Like when you think of me and Andrew, you're not like, Oh yeah. Like Cabo baby. Like that's net. No, like that's not our personality at all. It's just, we knew for a few reasons that was what would make us the most happy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think that she has a lot of options here, but I think with any choice that she makes there's a consequence to that choice and so I think she just has to kind of like look at her options here and think which consequence is she going to be okay with living with you know picking to choose 
all the details and having to pay for it in case her parents aren't supportive or, you know, go through each and every single one of them and just figure out what the consequence of each one is and which one you can live with. I know I'm kind of shocked by the comment. Where is it? Damn. I'm having a really hard time finding things in this letter. And like, the world war three comment. Uh, I really do. I, again, I can't find it, but yeah, I think she said something like not inviting them is out of the question and it's going to like cause world war three. And I'm kind of like, okay, if not inviting someone causes world war three, that is problematic as hell. Like I'm kind of sitting here like, so why are we still close with these people? Like, I understand their family members, but you said extended, they sound like a joy to be around. Like can't have a conversation that's not triggering as hell. I think is what it said. Like, like what, why are we walking on eggshells and compromising one of the most important days of your life for people that like are QAnon followers is what I'm getting at. Like, I don't know what this is about. Why are we that's, that's, I feel like a lot, something that a lot of people deal with when they're planning a wedding, like the, like the repercussions that they'll have, if it's not pleasing everybody, like who's Mm going to be in your bridal party, who gets an invite, who, you know, all these things. And like, I never really, struggled with that. I was kind of just like, like, I didn't really invite anybody except for people who were currently in my life who had, who were also in Carl's life. Right. Like I didn't invite anybody from high school. I didn't invite, you know, and yeah, but you didn't marry Regina George. I did. So <laughs> like, you know, there are some situations where like, yeah, like Andrew's ideal wedding list would have been a thousand people. I'm actually not kidding we ended up inviting over 300 that's insane I couldn't now I couldn't afford that which is why I was like and by the way it's in Mexico the weekend after Thanksgiving so see you there at an all-inclusive place and no you can't stay outside of it you have to spend a million (laughs) dollars at this one place like it was such a ridiculous ask on purpose no that's smart though I yeah that's super smart but but you're right the people who ended up being there I mean we had a few oddballs that I was like I like this. Why are you here? This is awesome. (laughs) Love it. Uh, Love the hustle guys. But there are situations where I can understand that more people feel this pressure. Maybe it's because of their own stuff or because the person that they're marrying. But I also found, and Elise, this is what you probably did really well. The people that you're bending over backwards for and are worried about not pleasing should not be there because the people who matter are the ones who couldn't give a shit if you got married in a trash bag. Mm -hmm. Like as long, like, like again, the people who flew to Mexico and stayed at an all-inclusive resort that they did not choose. And granted the rate was amazing, but it's like, I didn't hear a peep from the people who showed up. I didn't get any pushback, which can you imagine the pushback that I probably could have gotten? Mm-hmm. You know, our attitude of course was, if you can't come, then don't, we don't care. Like our wedding invitation was basically like, would you like to go on a vacation? Would you like to spend 15 minutes at a wedding ceremony that happens to be during said vacation? <laughs> that's that's kind of how we pitched it, right? But the point is, is that when you are being drawn to please somebody who cannot be pleased, instead of trying to succeed at that task, ask yourself why you're doing it in the first place. Yeah. Yeah. 
I don't like these people. Yeah. I think that, I think that she needs to just take a little bit of space and a little bit of distance and really focus in on her relationship, check in with her boyfriend, talk about what their goals are with each other as a couple. And then for their wedding and things like that. And then just don't get too overwhelmed with the future. I think. Yeah. I mean, like she's putting her relationship on hold for people who have the emotional maturity of a squirrel and everybody, and I don't like it. Yeah. Regardless of who comes, there will probably be someone who has something to say about your wedding. That's not great. Right. But it's not necessarily about anybody else except for you and whoever you're marrying. So. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think the other point that we, I think we're like circling, but basically whether you get engaged tomorrow, isn't this like cuffing season? Isn't that a term? What is that? Cuffing season. I don't really like it, but I think it's like handcuffs. Like you, like you get engaged and so you have handcuffs on and like cuff shit. I'm aging myself. Maybe I'm totally wrong, but I'm pretty sure that like a lot of people get engaged over the holidays. Like we got engaged. Oh, our engagement anniversary is coming up. It's like right around now we got engaged around Thanksgiving I don't know, like five years ago or something, whatever. Uh, and so, right. Five years ago, four years ago, five years ago. It doesn't matter. So it's called cuffing season. Cause a lot of people like get together. Oh, that makes sense. Like a lot of people get engaged. Right. Right. Because families are around. And so it makes, especially yeah. for millennials, a lot of us like live in other places. And so you go home for the holidays. You want your mom to be there when you get engaged. Blah, blah, blah. I don't know why I'm over explaining this. It doesn't matter. But the point is, is that if she gets engaged, tomorrow during cuffing season. That's how this started. This, you know, yeah, the drama will be here. If you get engaged five years from now, what makes you think these people are going to be any different? Yeah. Like, it's just going to be waiting for you whenever you decide to do it and you've already decided to do it. So I don't understand what time's going to do unless, and this is a huge unless, and this worked for me. So I'm not trying to project here. You have a very honest and frank conversation with people who it will not, you know, fall on deaf ears to and explain why you're hesitant to get engaged. And you say, I'm nervous. I can't trust you because these are the expectations I have. And this is what I would like for myself and for my family. And I'm nervous that it's not possible because you two can't get along or because you guys can't stop drinking the Merlot and bitching about how the election was stolen. You know, like this is, these are my concerns. And I'm sure that some of the people in your family will listen and want to work on it. And some people won't. And you're kind of the only one. I think it's probably worth a conversation because what's the worst that happens? Like they don't change. Yeah. I think okay. you're, I think you're communicating your needs and your worries and also setting a boundary boundaries. Yes. Yes. Boundaries big time, because you're also giving, laying down the foundation of, and if you can't do this, then wedding's not going to be what you think it is. Yeah. Uh, so let's assume, let's play this out. Let's assume that the conversation doesn't go well. Okay. That sucks. Sorry about it. But I still think it was good that you had it. I would probably give a big fuck you to everyone and go elope. That sounds so fun to me. I was like one of those people who was kind of like a bridezilla in the beginning. And I cared about all the details and I was a psychopath control freak about all the things. And then it was like, the day came. And if I could go back and do it all over again, my wedding would be completely different. And I literally got married two years ago. So it's like, it's all relative, I think. And it's, you know, 
like all of the details about my wedding. I'm like, yeah, I would change that. I would change that. I would change that. Like it would be completely different because I feel like I'm a completely different human being than I was two years ago. You are a different human being than you were two years ago. Literally. I like had a complete evolution from the inside out. And like, I think now back then I would have been like, I would have never eloped because I wanted like the big, huge thing. Now I'm like, give me a fucking sex in the city suit. Let's go elope. And then let's go to fucking Bali. Just us two. And all our friends can come if they want. Like, so I mean, I just think she's probably stressing out. She's like looking up the hill before she's even started climbing. And she's probably stressing out about all the details, all the family dynamics, all the things. And it's like, dude, it doesn't even really matter. I mean, I know all that matters is the fact that you're in a great relationship and you're marrying someone that you love and that you can do life with and all the other shit will fall into place. And if it doesn't, then that's on the people who didn't want to show up for you. And also if you feel like you, I had fucking security at my wedding for this exact reason. You're like, like you're that popular that you had people being like, please let me in, please let me in. At least no, 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 no. I had, I was worried some shit was going to go down like drama. Mm-hmm. And so I hired an outsourced security. And I said, if anybody does this, kick them out. If anybody does this, kick them out. If anybody does this, let me know. And then we'll kick them out together. And that was the rule. And everybody knew it. And we said, there will be security there. And these are the rules. And if you don't follow the rules, you're going the fuck home. And that gave me such a peace of mind because I was not going to tolerate anybody's childish behavior. Yeah. Hesitant bride. That's one way to do it. Just yeah. out, outsource the boundary to a security company and be like, all right, here are my ground rules. Yeah. Because then you don't have to be the bad guy. Right. Like I, I have a hard time being the bad guy sometimes. And so I was like, how can I, how can I feel safe and secure and protected? Like nothing's going to pop off. And the answer was get a security guard. Okay. So it's funny. We both navigated this. Cause you just said, like, I was I wasn't worried about, or I didn't cater to certain people, but clearly something happened, right? Or there were, there were some dynamics at play that you couldn't control. And so, well, because that doesn't exist. I mean, everyone has those. So we coped in two different ways, hesitant bride. And, And this is what I'm saying that this is such a common topic because it is common. There is not one engaged couple that hasn't thought about how is my family going to ruin this for me? So, you know, or, or friends, whatever, but Elise said, let me outsource this and invite the people I want to invite, but have a walking and talking, scary ass looking boundary that is like visible and tangible in the middle of my reception, uh, as security. And then I said, if you're, if you want to come, you have to jump through a million uncomfortable hoops to get there. And I, you know, I'll know way ahead of time if you're coming because you have to buy a plane ticket and yeah, like then most likely we're going to weed everyone out, which is essentially what happened. There was one phone call made. I'm not going to lie. That basically said, if you come, you can't do a B or C. And the recipient said "Then I'm not coming. And we said, great. I literally just thought, if you come, you die. If you come, you die. Yeah. I mean, that probably was an option because I was at my wits end. Uh, and you know what? I'm not going to lie. It did cause World War III. It did uh, within my family. And that damage will never be repaired. And I have zero fucking regrets. 
I'll tell you that right now, because my wedding was the cattle. Actually, my wedding was kind of the catalyst of a divorce that was bound to happen, uh, which I'm proud of that too. My wedding was the catalyst of one of the sides of my family splitting and really never going back. And again, I'm, I'm happy for it because the thing about it is it's not my wedding's fault (laughs) for any of those things. Yeah. Sometimes we need a push. Sometimes we need a trigger. Sometimes we need a catalyst for things to get going and for things to start going in the direction they always needed to. And I don't understand again, why we are clinging to keeping everything intact when it's already shattered. Well, that's what I'm saying. If it's already shattered and it's bound to happen, like it's inevitable, it's going to happen, whether it's your wedding, whether it's a sibling's wedding, whether it's fucking Thanksgiving five years from now, like whatever is going to pop off is eventually going to do so. So maybe you're just doing everybody a favor favor by, you know, setting some structure and some boundaries now and just getting it over, ripping the bandaid off. Mm-hmm. I agree. And here's, here's where it gets really tricky. Elise. Okay. Would you call yourself a traditional person? Like, do you consider yourself traditional? Yeah, I think. Really? You fucking weirdo? You have like a million tattoos on your body. What are you talking about? I mean, woo woo crystal witch. (laughs) In terms of like our marriage, I feel like very traditional. But okay, how so? Like, like, I feel like Carl pays the bills and I, (laughs) for the most part, he pays our mortgage. Okay, I'm looking at her with a face because I pay her and I'm like, "Mm, (laughs) I know how much you make. You can definitely pay some of those bills. But no, I know, but my bills go, my my money's go to other things that I want to do. But you don't know that. Don't you guys have a joint account? How do you know which dollar goes to what? We don't have a joint account. (laughs) <laughs> okay, we, we, that was not judgment that was just me forgetting that andrew and i were like money and it goes into a pile and then we no i i mean so many people are surprised that we have separate accounts and we do that on purpose because i've never made my own money and so i take a lot of fucking pride in the money that i bring in and i want that to be mine and i and i don't pay the bills because I want, I mean, I pay some of the bills, but I don't pay like the majority of all of the bills. I pay for the groceries. I pay for gas. I pay for their dog. So some things, but like the big ones Carl pays for. And I, I mean, he does all the picking up the poop and taking out the trash. And I do like the dishes and the laundry. And so we that's should, we what should I'm thinking. An, an episode on like how married people navigate money. I don't know if we've done one on that yet. That's so funny. Cause Andrew and I are just like, you make money, you make money. It goes into a pile. And then it's yeah. like, I want this. I want this. And I pay the bills, but not with like, like with both of our money. Right. Yeah. Like I just pay the bill. So I'm like, you ordered what on Amazon? And he's like running away. And he's like, I didn't get it. It was someone else. I'm yeah. like, Hot pink shorts are not a necessity right now, Andrew. <laughs> That's our dynamic. Um, okay. Sorry. I'm, I'm getting the traditional. Reason yeah. The reason I'm asking this question is because I don't consider myself a traditional person. I'm not trying to say that I have bright purple hair and I am like a rebel by any means, but I like, we, I think we did do a father daughter dance because he wanted to surprise his aunt with a mother son dance, but like, we weren't going to do it. I didn't have a wedding cake. Um, there were, there were a lot of things that we did not do. There were, oh, there was no bouquet toss. I didn't even want flowers at all, but my mommy made me. So the, and the bridesmaids were like, can we please 
carry something down the aisle. You freak. Like, what, what do I do with my hands? And I was like, you lock them with the groomsmen. You don't need to carry anything. And they're like, Callie, for the love of God, just give us some flowers. And I was like, oh, fine. So, but you know, oh, my bridesmaids were white because I, I was like, I, I was like black and white, please. And they were like, you really, you're, you're, you're going to do that. And I was like, yeah, I don't care. So it was, what I'm trying to say is it was very easy for me to get out of the locked mentality of what a wedding needed to be. I did pull from some traditions. It's not like it was just like a cluster. Well, it kind of was, but it wasn't a total mess. Uh, we had a band, like we still did the, the things, but it was easier for me to get out of that locked mindset and create something that really was going to make Andrew and I happy. It wasn't the perfect representation of who we were by any means, again, water dirt, but it was, it was enough to where we felt represented and we felt like it was authentically us. I think this might be tough if you are naturally a traditional person and want the traditional like milestones within your wedding, which Mm -hmm. includes a lot of family. And it includes a lot of family structures and things that might be hard to navigate around. Mm -hmm. So I just want to acknowledge that I don't necessarily have a solution for it, uh, other than Google and like kind of see what you can find that speaks to you that isn't locked into this rigid thought of what a perfect wedding is, because the more you can expand your mind and find elements that are exciting to you. I think the better you'll be able to navigate this and find something that works for you and the less you're going to give a shit about other people's reactions. Yeah. And I also think the, I just had a thought come in, like hire a wedding planner and give them some of your like, like work that you don't want, like the stuff that you, the conversations that you don't want to have, all of those things. I feel like you could put that on, not obviously family dynamics, but I feel like for the most part. Yeah. But like, if the parents are paying for that, then like, it's kind of tough. Like some parents are cool. Right. And they say, okay, here's your wedding budget. Spend it however you want. My parents gave us money for our wedding, which was the bomb because I cut that money in half and was like, can I pocket this for real estate? And they were like, yep. My mom was like, you can't pocket all of it. If we're giving you money, you have to have a wedding. Those are my rules. And I was like, that is a fair rule, like super fair on board. Can I make my wedding guests pay for their own hotel and lodging and all that stuff and do this. She was like, yeah, that's fine. I was like, okay, great. So, I mean, we could figure out a way that worked for us, but what's well, a negotiation, parents, right? It was, like, but my parents are also cool as fuck. So, I mean, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't a thing. They wanted me to be happy and they wanted me to do whatever I wanted to do. So I was so lucky in that. Like yeah. these parents are saying you will live in 1950 and have your wedding in a church and your reception in a country club, which there's nothing wrong with that. I know people do that every day, but she clearly doesn't want that. So this is where it gets really tough because if she is accepting that money, I'm not saying it's okay to use money as a weapon, which is exactly what they're doing. They're using yeah. money to control her choices, but it is tough. Because if she doesn't do what what they want, they have every right to take that money away. Even if I don't agree with it, even if I think it's bullshit and it's a violation of boundaries and it's fucked up, it's like, okay, that's still the reality. So then the question becomes, what can she afford on her own in order to do something where she doesn't have that pressure? Yeah. I don't know if she can afford a wedding planner. I don't know if she can afford a wedding. Weddings are expensive. Yeah. The weddings are super fucking expensive. But that's, I think, something she's going to have to think about. Like, I think if she's so focused on having this perfect wedding and there is no flexibility in that, then she's probably going to be disappointed in some form or fashion. 
Mm -hmm, Exactly. And so we don't want you to be disappointed, but the answer isn't, well, wait, because again, these problems are going to be there the second that he gets annoyed and it's like, I want to get married. I'm getting down on one knee. Are you really going to say no? And then you've ruined their proposal. So that sucks. So I, I really do think that this is going to be an evolution for you. In fact, this is going to be like an Elise Assange. Mm. Ooh, I like, like that. Elise did this. Elise is doing this still. And it's what it's called actually is self differentiation. Mm-hmm. There is a term for this. So maybe you should Google it, but it's basically what happens when everyone in the system is hanging out and everyone is acting the same way that they've been for years. There's not a lot of emotional growth. There's not a lot of, um, rebelling against the system. It's just, this is the way it is. We're going to fall in line. And then what happens is one person wakes up and is like, no. And then they start making different choices and they start combing out an identity that is not a reflection of their family or the system. And then the rest of the system goes, absolutely not immediately. No. And rebels against that person. And then there's a lot of friction, but eventually what the dust settles. Well, it settles, but normally without breakage, remember? Yeah. Usually when one person self-differentiates, some people cannot reconcile that difference and the system breaks and then Mm -hmm. new systems are formed. And then the people who can get with it, most of the time, what happens is those people end up being forced into self-differentiation. So then you kind of have the whole system rising to a new level. It's really interesting. Uh, you are in, you are resisting self-differentiation because I think you know how hard it's going to be. It is going to be hard. It's going to be, it's going to be hard as fuck. It's literally going to suck, but it's going to come with so many beautiful things too. And that's growth is not easy. Growth is very hard, but I think these are like the tough conversations and the tough things that you're going to need to do, especially to set your, I mean, you're starting this next chapter of your life on a empowered platform. So true. Actually, I love that. Like, wouldn't it be nice to get married during this season of your life where everything is changing and you're becoming the woman that you want to become? Not saying at least that when you got married, you weren't that, but it seems like a lot of these triggers happened after you got married. Yeah, for sure. I'm maybe yeah. you should renew your vows like when your whole growth thing is done and like have a different thing. Oh my God. I like really love that idea. Right. Wouldn't that be fun? I saw someone on um, social media who doesn't matter who it is, but she renewed her vows after 15 years. And it was really interesting because she was like, the first time we did this, it was a blast. It was amazing. It was cute. It was fun. But so like, we are not the same people that we were and our friends aren't the same people. Mm-hmm. So they got to invite all the new relationships that really like helped cultivate their marriage to come to the vow renewal. It was I looked at photos. I barely know this person, but you know, remember social media has a, has a high bar for me. I'm, I'm here to be entertained. That shit is what I'm here for. Like interesting, cool. That like, Oh my God. Very insightful. Very cool. Great pictures. It was fun. And, uh, how cool if you guys got married during this season so that when you look back 15 years later, I'm not gonna lie. I'm not trying to brag at least, but I wouldn't change anything about my wedding because we were in the storm when it happened. Mm-hmm. Right. Like we were in the middle of it and we were making decisions left and right that were pissing people off. Now, did those people show up? No. And some people, we, I, apparently we got pushed back, but they were smart enough not to say it to our face. So good thinking, but we, I don't look back on it and think, Hmm, that's not really our thing. It's like, yep, that's exactly how I'd probably do it all over again. But it wasn't a fairy tale. 
it was stressful. It wasn't fun. There was a lot of fallout because of it. Yeah. You know, so I guess the way I'm looking at it is, is you can either fight now and fight hard and face these issues head on and stop ignoring the fact that half your family sounds like a bunch of drunken assholes Mm -hmm. and like address that and stop hiding who you are and walking on eggshells around them in order to get, and really this isn't about a wedding. This is about your life. This is about your marriage. This is about your self-esteem. This is about how you want to spend important milestones because it's not like Elise said earlier, it's not just your wedding. It's also the holidays. It's also who do you want your future kids to be around? Mm-hmm. Think about that. I mean, yeah. if it's not the wedding, that's going to break the camel's back is going to be the kids. Mm-hmm. It's going to happen. If it's supposed to happen, it's going to happen. Yeah. Okay. I feel like we have answered all of our questions and none of hers, but this might be all we have. Elise, no, you, okay. she, she what said, should I, okay, let's go through it, right? Okay. What should I do? Get engaged and tell everyone else to fuck off. Yes. How do I figure this out? Have the tough conversations yesterday, set mm-hmm. boundaries and expectations, explain that if these things cannot be figured out, then you are going to make an alternative choice, including not accepting any money and getting married on a cliff with bomb photos and no one is invited. Uh, I already know wedding planning is incredibly stressful. Well, if you go down this path, it's going to be, but honestly, the planning of my wedding was not stressful. It was figuring out what to do. Like I was in the, well, I kind of was in the same place as her. Not really, but like, it doesn't have to be right. Well, at least it was stressful for you. I mean, it started out stressful, but that's just because I was caring about shit that I didn't need to care about. Like no one fucking cares what color the napkins are genuinely. I don't even know if we had napkins. I can't even remember. They definitely didn't have like, yeah. I remember being like flowers. Do you want them to be red? And I was like, white. And they were like, what about this? I was like, white. What about this white? And they're like, Kelly, not everything can be white. I was like, watch me. <laughs> everything can be white. And no one is wearing khakis and jumping on the beach. Okay. So that, and there will be no teal. Uh, all right. And there will be no teal. I helped. Those are the only things I cared about. Uh, Let's see. Do you have any tips on how to get the wedding I want without all the drama and chaos? It ain't going to happen. Yeah, there's going to be drama and there's going to be chaos. So the sooner that you can accept that, the sooner you'll be on your way. Having your I, Yeah, I mean, she didn't, she didn't walk us through what wedding she wanted other than the fact that she wants everyone there and no drama and chaos. So it's like, okay, your choices are have everyone there with drama and chaos and hire a security guard like Elise did. Or don't have everyone there. There will still be some drama and chaos. What do you say? There's multiple ways to skin a cat. Gross. Why would you say that? (sighs) Grandpa heard you. Grandpa, I love you. Grandpa, this might be on his last days. And he heard that. Did not like it. Uh, So yeah, I mean, I think you have to change the idea of what your wedding is going to be. And accept the fact that drama and chaos maybe not chaos. Chaos doesn't need to happen. I don't know. If I were you, I would say, forget what it is that I thought I wanted. Let's do some self-exploration. What is it that I really want? Am I just brainwashed by society telling me what I want? Do I not like Taylor Swift? Because if I don't, I really need to figure this out right now because that's not okay. And 
is it that like, why don't I want to get married in a church and have the reception at the country club? And do I really want money from it? Like, these are the things you need to be doing. And once you clear that all out, I think you're going to figure out what it is that you want. And you'll know if the security guard is the answer or if picking a very inconvenient weekend or inviting no one and eloping is the answer. But most likely the, the image you have in your head doesn't live in reality. Mm -hmm. So you're going to have to figure that out. And we, that would require probably talking to someone one-on-one. I literally was just about to say, and you can figure that out or you should figure that out, or it would be easier to figure that out talking to someone else and processing it out loud with a life coach. I'm the queen of this. I've had so many clients come to me with this stuff. I don't know why, but it's become a, I'm so used to this dynamic. Uh, so I'm not taking clients. So sorry about that. But <laughs> other people are, <laughs> other people are, and I can definitely whisper in their ear and tell them what to do. Okay. Uh, thanks for hanging out with us today. Happy holidays, everybody. We are heading into the season of gratitude. We are thankful for you losers who listen to us every week. It makes our life. Thank you for those reviews, by the way. Remember, if you haven't left a review yet, please do. And we're posting our favorite ones on Instagram because yeah. they're adorable. So yeah, rate us on freaking podcast app store. We can't figure that out yet. And write into blush you at joinblush.com with your story. We'd love to hear it. We want to offer some feedback. We will tell it like it is clearly. We don't hold back. If we have an opinion, we shall share it. So do it again, blush you at joinblush.com and hesitant bride. If you want to get into the details of this, I suggest you use promo code blush you 25 or yeah. What is it? Blush you for 25%. <laughs> It's bless you all caps for 25% off your first month. Honestly, like sometimes we get letters that walk a fine line between coaching and therapy. And we're happy to answer those. Just know that, you know, we typically look through things through the lens of life coaching. And so sometimes these letters, I'm like, "Mm, I might go see a therapist first and then come to us. And sometimes I'm like, "Eh," you know, I'm not really sure coin toss. This is one of those where it's like, you can come and talk to a life coach. Like, this is what we do. Uh, you know, it's non-diagnostic work. It's, it's painful, but it can also be fun. So hesitant bride, you are more than welcome to come join us again. Come on down. From a cup, bless you. Okay. It was fun hanging out guys. Believe. Okay. Love you all. It was a pleasure. (laughs) Okay. Bye. Okay. Bye.